Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. And today we are going to be recapping Season 3, Episode 1 of The Sopranos, titled Mr. Ruggiero's Neighborhood. This episode aired March 4th, 2001, and it was written by David Chase, and it was directed by Alan Coulter. Here's the HBO synopsis for this episode. In the season three premiere, Agent Harris and his team concoct an elaborate new plan to wiretap the Soprano home now that Pussy is singing with the fishes instead of for the feds. This is really just one of those, you know, episodes that's a different take. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a different take on how to do a season premiere. And we kind of get to see the characters in an entirely different point of view, almost a third person point of view. Exactly. As well. Yeah, I think that you really hit the nail on the head. You know, right off the bat, that's what Chase's mission was for this premiere. Hey, how can we start this um, new season of this show in a way that, like, is different than the previous two times we kicked off the season? Mm -hmm. You know, what's something that we can do that's unique? And so he really honed in on this idea of shifting perspectives. So, yes, we are looking at the Soprano family and the crew but really the family on the domestic side, Tony's domestic side, we're looking at them through the eyes of the feds. Exactly. It's really, it's going to be a difficult episode for us to track. Yeah. Because it is almost one entire action sequence. It really is. You know, one, yeah. one main plot here uh, that's driving the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tony has his own little bit of drama, but it's mm-hmm. actually not really that significant. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it no. sort of just occupies his time. And I think it's meant to be sort of a a representation of the sort of, you know, mid-level issues that he finds himself engaged in day to day, not, you know, a massive overarching conflict, you know? Yeah. Well, let's, I guess, just begin, right? We get our classic premiere opening right with tony walking to the newspaper down the driveway yeah he picks up the star ledger he sees something on the front page that can't really make him happy which is basically that you know the garbage turf wars are heating up right in gangland and of course he's involved in that so mm-hmm. you know anything that draws attention to his business is a source of irritation for tony but life goes on yeah but we get him going down to the driveway every morning almost and yeah. i gotta start wondering is this really safe for the boss of new jersey right. to be doing to go to the, if somebody finds this out that's the easiest way you take out tony soprano yeah you just pull up in your car right in the morning well i think that gandolfini incorporated that into his performance too because i noticed that in this first walk down the driveway he is extremely wary. He really does scope things out. Each time. Yeah. Each time he does it, for yeah. sure. Which makes you think, like, if you're that worried, mm-hmm. maybe have the maid bring in the newspaper right. when she comes in. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, or something. Drive yeah. down the driveway in your <laughs> Suburban. Pick it up. Drive back right up. Back into the house. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but... Uh, it's a, and it's a good song opening too. I really just I liked it. You know, it's it's always a cool way to get back into the season because it's actually this episode is starting in March. Mm-hmm. Past two seasons we've started in January. Okay, yeah. So this is a little bit of a later start. Yeah. For this season, um, and there's the, probably a reason for that. Oh, sorry I'm to sure. interrupt. Oh, but I'm sure. 
in the next episode, we'll probably discuss why there may have been a bit of a delay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, we get um, the, in the next scene, the feds are working on a wiretap tape that pussy had that pussy gave to them and they're following along in the transcript they're basically not getting a lot of information on tony as far as the way of the bevel aqua thing so that's almost put to rest now because there's really nothing else linking tony to it yeah yeah i was surprised that the feds are just so behind like it's, it's really that hard <laughs> to keep track of what Tony's doing I mean he's not like I mean he's smart but he's not like that smart you'd think right. that like you know the feds would be organized enough to get a little bit better information when, than what they have which is essentially nothing oh yeah and what they do have is wrong they like, don't they, even know who yeah. Richie how yeah. Richie died yeah I and mean, they think a cartel took him out right yeah I mean they yeah they don't know that at all i mean it would be hard to guess exactly how richie went away but you know they're still just they're kind of coming up short completely yeah. and then yeah i mean pussy's death is a setback for them right. uh skip says yeah you know agent bob and Sarah or whatever well he i don't think he would call, <laughs> he him agent. call him an agent <laughs> but you know <laughs> bob and Sarah's cob post cw bob yeah. and Sarah. Yeah. yeah cw yeah cooperating witness bob right. and Sarah is compost so uh yeah so much for that great you know team of skip and sal mm -hmm. sal is now gone and you know now it's up to the feds to try and figure out a new angle right how are we gonna bust tony mail and wire fraud especially if the mother testifies in exchange for immunity. Come on, whose own mother's going to testify against him? They don't realize that, yes, she might. She Again, actually would be the person who would testify against her son. That's such a funny line. Yeah, that's such a great kind of comedic beat in an episode filled with them. Uh, yeah. Again, it's just like goes to show how much the feds don't know. Right. In a way, right. where they're like, oh, what guy's mom is going to, you know, testify against him? It's yeah, like, well, it's like, you guys, don't know Libya. Do you not I guess. have Greengrove wiretap? Yeah. Do you not? <laughs> right. Have you not heard what she said? Right. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's really funny. And what they do know, though, from Skip is that Tony likes talking in his basement. Right. That's generally where he goes because outside in the pool, worried about parabolics yeah and so this is the this is the plan we're going to sneak in two times because we got to get a reading for where we're going to put in the wiretap and the second time we're going to plant it there's use of fade to black in this episode multiple times and i wonder if it's used in a way to make it a more comical episode because I think it has more comedy than it has drama in this. Yeah. And and the fade to black feels like we're watching it on, you know, cable, like we're watching it on NBC or something. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with that. It is an interesting editorial decision, uh, not commonly used in the show or not ever used in the show mm -hmm. um, up until this point. And it does kind of give you a different feeling as the audience member that this episode's a little different. It's a little untraditional mm. and it's not necessarily going to be as serious and as deep with, you know, hard hitting drama as perhaps previous episodes have been. Yeah, I guess it's so untraditional. I don't really know what we would consider the next scene. Right. <laughs> Other uh, than, you know, yeah. the feds are planning this out that that's 
That's yeah. what they're doing. They're they're working on how they're going to get in. They're going to track the family. They're going to put somebody on everybody. Uh, but, you know, it's funny that Tony is already spotting them as they're just doing their observations when he rolls up with Furio. He knows that they're there, that they're so close, but he's just casually like, what's up, fellas? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, it's all just a big joke to him. I mean, he's accepted that this is his life day to day. And that is the theme of this episode. You know, what is Tony's life day to day? What does it feel like when he's not in the middle of an epic crisis? And this is kind of what we get to see here. Yeah. I mean, we have to feel, though, that we, I mean, we don't want Tony to get caught. I think everybody can agree. Yeah. We don't want our hero to get caught by the feds. Yeah. Although the feds, in this case, in traditional terms, would be the good guys, you know? So it's a little worrisome that Tony has to, well, it's worrisome that Tony may be put in a bad situation. Yeah. In this. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the genius tricks of this show. Right, <laughs> they they trick you into uh, sympathizing and right. empathizing with you know such an anti-hero, mm-hmm. and yeah, you really do want him to get away with it. I mean, I've talked to some people who don't want him to get away with things, but I am always cheering Tony on. I don't know what that says about me. No, yeah, always. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent behind Tony. I guess our first like real significant uh, yeah. scene outside of the uh, feds tracking Tony is Tony when he arrives at the pork store. Yeah. And uh, we get our guys reintroduced, you know, for season three. And uh, we get a funny little lecture from Polly, the germaphobe, about, you know, shoes and shoelaces. Again, none of this is really important or meaningful. It's just kind of funny. And it's just kind of like, yeah, this is just like a random ass conversation that these guys find themselves in. At a certain point, you're like, whoa, this is like taking up half of the episode. (laughs) Polly's rant. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Going on and on about the shoelaces and germs. Ever go to tie your shoes and you notice the end of your laces are wet? From what? Why would they be wet? I got no fucking idea. You go to public bathrooms? You stand at the urinal? Oh, fuck. Come on, will you? He's asking me. I'm telling him. And frankly, it's important. Even if the lace is dry, and even if you don't touch the body of the shoe, bacteria and virus migrate from the sole up. You see this on TV? I got to watch TV to figure out the world. He's not wrong, by the way. (laughs) No, he's not. But I I just, I love it. I love it. When you see character work like that, and you get to see how Pauly... You know, if you're Tony Sirico and you get that monologue, you're just like having fun. This is just play at this point. There's nothing to worry about. This is just like fun to read these lines as Polly. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I could totally see that. And it is fun. And it is a nice little like easing of the way into what is, I suppose, a slightly more serious beat, mm-hmm. which is this uh, issue of Patsy Parisi. Right. Uh, he has a bit of a grievance. And uh, Patsy was, of course, introduced in the final episode of season two. Right. And he's the twin brother of the deceased uh, Philly Parisi, a.k.a. Spoons, um, got whacked by Gigi in the premiere of season two. Ordered by Tony. Ordered by Tony. Because of his blabber mouth. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and we actually get a, uh, a shot of that scene. Yeah. So we can get a refresher of what actually right. happened. Yeah, they have to remind us that, you know, Gigi is the one that pulled the trigger. He's right there at the table, you know. Tony sanctioned it. John Fiore, uh, who plays Gigi. I actually really liked him in this scene. In this episode, I mean, like his character is getting more screen time as well. Uh, but I, I, I really like the worry on his face. You know, when they have that moment at the end where Patsy's kind of looking at him and he's looking at Patsy like, 
shit does he fucking know that i did it yeah 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 i mean patsy is here he's sad it's his birthday it would have been his uh dead brother's birthday because they're of course twins and so he's kind of mopey and morbid and he's grieving you know as one naturally would if such a thing occurred and uh tony is there at the head of the table and he just doesn't like this he's trying to get the conversation to move past this but christopher ah, keeps getting a hang up over this uh twin thing yeah oh man yeah it's funny but yeah gandolfini's expressions of okay moving on uh, nope god damn it <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know it's, it's really just <laughs> really it's funny really... Uh, and in the yeah. meantime, though, this this scene is being um, interrupted with the FBI breaking in while break, entering the house. Mm-hmm. And we get this Peter Gunn slash Every Breath You Take song. And I'm just like, that. there is no way you choose the Peter Gunn theme to and not make this comical. Because when I think of Peter Gunn theme, well, one, I think of the Blues Brothers. And then I just think of like how silly it is that it's being used over the top of the FBI using all of their lingo and their code names for every family member, baby being everybody has a code name and just how funny that all is that this episode that David Chase is is writing more of a comedy opener than he is a drama. Yeah, completely. It definitely lightens that mood a little bit to have such a a dramatic theme, you know, over dramatic TV theme, right? right? You know, um, it's funny, Mm -hmm. definitely. And it's just another example of, um, you know, the creative forces behind the show kind of zagging when you expect them to zig, Mm -hmm. you know? So uh, it's great. It's great. And one thing that happens as, uh, you know, we're tracking the family, the different, you know, parties of feds as they follow the individual family members right. is, uh, you know, we find Carmela <laughs> taking tennis lessons. Yes. And bringing along Adriana. Yeah. These women are inappropriately clad for tennis. Yeah. Even the instructor. What is she doing? What is this real? Is this real that you don't wear a bra? while playing tennis i mean more power to you but your nipples are poking through your shirt yeah there's a lot of nipple action uh throughout these tennis scenes uh yeah (laughs) the feds are priceless here because of course they're ogling i mean it's it's creepy to ogle obviously but i mean if you're on that tennis court and you're a dude and you turn and you see that going on. <laughs> right. I mean, it's hard to ignore. <laughs> it's hard not to oogle. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of like this note here, too, of Carmela being disappointed that her tennis coach, which is a young guy, yeah. is actually married and he's leaving. He's moving to San Diego. Right. And it's kind of like she can't win. You know, she couldn't win with the Vic situation. Now her, she only, she, yeah. her last hope was this cute tennis guy. Yeah. I don't know, she doesn't have that. And uh, who is he being replaced with? I thought this was hilarious. This young woman who just straight up wants to bang is Adriana. Yeah, she's yeah, she, <laughs> like, all, just, all the way is a lesbian. It's just so great how <laughs> as soon as she walks up, I mean, she like looks aid up and down, <laughs> yeah. completely ignores Carmela. Mm-hmm. All about Adriana, who is, of course, oblivious to what's going on here. But it's just, you know, another fun, entertaining detail that makes this whole, you know, what would otherwise be 
of absolutely no interest whatsoever, Carmela taking tennis lessons, you know, makes that fun and entertaining. Yeah. 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 And we also get to see AJ and Meadow in their respective areas as well. AJ leaving school early, hanging out with his friends, smoking outside of a mini mart. So he likes his friend's jersey. So maybe he joins football. Like that's where I saw AJ's thought process. Yeah. Like his train. It's like sick jersey. Hmm. Maybe I'd get a sick jersey if I joined football too. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's his it. motivation. Right. That's his motivation. <laughs> AJ's not that uh, complicated, and he goes to a school where you know the football players are highly respected as they are at many high schools. So he sees, hey, maybe there's like a good end here. Hmm. Hmm. Now Meadow is at Columbia. Yeah. And you and I off, uh, I was going to say off camera, but yeah. no, off air, off air, pod air, pod air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we hashed it out about how we figured out that Meadow was actually going to Columbia. It happened in that fever dream, that brief dream that Tony had in the previous episode driving to the boat Yeah. of the happy family telling them he's going to buy a boat. And she says she's going to Columbia. Now, prior to that, I don't remember her saying anything about Columbia. She didn't. Okay. So the only time we ever heard about Columbia was in that dream. That's why it's kind of a confusing dream. Yeah. Because, you know, at first you think that it's real, perhaps, until he wakes up. And also, the dream itself, you there's like a couple clues that it's not real, just the way that people are behaving, because like there's such a happy family. And, and applauding. like, yeah, when yeah. Meadow announces that she's going to Columbia, AJ's enthusiastically applauding. Mm-hmm. So, right there, that's the tip off that it's all fake. They're also on the other side of the table. They right. normally don't sit on that side. Exactly. Yeah, you're totally right. So, it is a dream, but it sort of within that dream implants the idea that. Meadow is on her way to Columbia, which actually wound up being the case. Here she is at Columbia. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And for the parents, a good thing. Yeah. Because she's closer. She's in New York now. And wow, uh, Meadow's roommate has probably taken the torch from Meadow as far as being an annoying character. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Is now holding. Oh, yeah. Holding the title of. Caitlin. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. annoying. Right. Just so annoying. I mean. But- poor girl you know she ends up doesn't turn out so well for her but this opening scene for her is this is so college though it is when you move in freshman dorm like you don't know what you're gonna get yeah so uh a lot of a lot of freshmen you know walk into a situation like this where Mm -hmm. it's like oh who is this person right (laughs) they've got anxiety issues oh it's a roll of the dice yeah really uh, yeah you're gonna get Right. Paired up with, for sure. And you know, this whole time, again, we have to point out that during these scenes, the feds are in the house. Yeah. They're testing the AC. They're right. trying to see where the loudest part is, where that would be, where Tony would be standing, and trying to figure out the best way to bug this basement. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, we shift our perspective to perhaps an unexpected, in an unexpected direction. Uh, but one that is completely plausible, which is um, our Polish maid, Liliana, yeah. and her funny husband, Stas, yeah. and their, uh, you know, like daily picnic that they yeah. have. 
I mean, of course you would follow the maid. I mean, she's part of the household, so you yes. have to keep eyes on her. So uh, we get, you know, a surprising amount of screen time for this always uh, enjoyable actress. And her husband is great. I mean, how funny is this guy? Yeah, I noticed he, he wasn't wearing the jacket That's true. at the picnic. Well, technically, he's a different actor. Oh, he's he not is. the same actor. Oh, I, I, I didn't I, know that. Yeah, I felt like there was something off about this that he didn't seem similar. I checked. Different actor. So maybe the other actor took it. Right. <laughs> I think you're right about that. Walked off with yeah. the jacket. Yeah. Sometimes you get to keep your wardrobe. So there you go. Yeah, you keep the jacket. That's what happened. It's the, official. Yeah. The jacket. Uh, so yeah, they're there. He's studying uh, English. Right. In class. Their conversation about, you know, she's testing him, quizzing him. He keeps saying Fran uh, Martin Luther King over mm -hmm. and over again. When she says Francis Scott Key in Polish, she says, fuck his, uh, his whore of a mother. So is he working on getting a citizenship? I think that's, that's what it. that, yeah. Because yeah. that's like when they ask those kind of questions. Yeah. They test you on America. Yeah. Which I also just, you know, side note, I just think is a really funny concept. Like you need to know American trivia, <laughs> American history trivia to become a citizen. It is a little bizarre. Yeah. For sure. Be specifically because half, if not more of Americans who were naturalized citizens, who were born in the United States don't know the answers to these questions. Yeah, well, those of us who were born here, we don't need to know. So, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> Unless to impress a friend. Yeah. Yeah, and so back in the basement, they're taking a... We get this shot of the guys taking a live camera footage. So they're just trying to identify and record what's in the basement, if anything, that they can, they can utilize. And do this nice thing where it's live and then we get back you know later that day next day and they're all in the room frank agent harris some of the other agents grasso is there uh watching that film yeah looking it over right they point out the water pump yeah the water heater which is important yeah there's like some corrosion uh, yeah. at the base of the water heater and they're all having a good laugh because they're like oh this is going to blow in like six months it's going to be a huge pain in the ass for tony uh so they just sort of laugh at him they're like uh you know this terrible thing's about to happen to tony's house and we're not going to warn him and we can't and you know i, I also thought it was kind of yeah. cruel that they made fun of aj's weight that's just for anthony jr <laughs> looks like they're expecting world war three more likely the Columbo Wars. Fat ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like somebody didn't chime in and be like, whoa, can we, let's leave the kids out of this. Right, yeah. Tony's fat himself. Why don't we just say Tony <laughs> would eat it all? Yeah, yeah. The feds are jerks. You know, that's yeah. another little kind Bad of a trait uh, for for these characters. You know, they're not very likable I, at all. I, you know, I don't like Agent Harris so much in this episode. He's well, trying a little too hard. Because he's really trying to get Tony. Usually, you know, we sort of see Agent Harris a bit on Tony's side. But right. here, he, yeah, it is sort of a shift where, like, he is kind of aggressive and, like, no, I am an FBI agent after all, and I right. really do want to get Tony. So they pinpoint a lamp, right. a lamp that they're going to use, and we now fly over to Langley where mm -hmm. they're working on a recreation of the lamp, which I thought was cool. Like, don't yeah. bug the original lamp. Create the bug within a recreation of the lamp. Yeah, kind of cool concept. There, yeah, I think it's a great concept, and kind of surprised that they're going to these lengths. But seems extreme. You know, <laughs> they they put so much effort and energy into cultivating Big Pussy as a cooperator, and so when they lost that, I guess it's like, yeah, we gotta you know step it up a notch. Mm -hmm. We can't you know start over again with a new rat. 
Yeah. So, you know, what can we do that will help us gain, regain the ground that has been lost, mm-hmm. you know, after pussy uh, got whacked. So I guess that's, well, I mean, hey, they got a budget. Let me say that. Yeah. I mean, to construct this lamp in Langley, like the, you know, government really wants to get Tony. Right. Plus all the false uniforms of electrical yeah. workers and plumbers and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so we get the next day, the, the we're planting the device day. After another fade out. Right. After another fade out, right? So a very quick crossfade after he says, like, it's going in tomorrow. Quick crossfade. And then we're back to Tony walking down. We get everybody leaving the house. Agent Harris, you know, checking them off as they leave. And Tony heads back to the Bing where Gigi brings up issues with Patsy. Right. Apparently, he's getting drunk off his ass and he's claiming he knows who did it. Right. And it's uh, hard to smile at the person who ordered the hit on your brother. Yeah. And both Tony and Gigi know what this means. Uh, They're like, okay, sounds like he's figured it out. What's he really going to do about it? What do we really need to do about it? Obviously, if it becomes too big of a problem and he makes too big of a beef, then yeah, we got to take him out. But let's not jump to that yet. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, right? So he's getting kind of advice from Polly, from Syl. You know, Syl's like, maybe uh, police is trying to flip him. Polly's like, hey, we always have the option. We could take him out. Right. You know, it's all on the table. But really, you know, we're just going to keep an eye on him. Yeah. Because that's what we said we would do. Let's just see. Exactly. I really, really like the line when Gigi brings it up and he has his computer open. Mm -hmm. And Tony says, Log off. That cookie shit makes me nervous. I just love that in 2001, Tony is so forward thinking. Yeah. As far as, you know, somebody tracking you on your computer. Whereas today, we're like, oh, I've been tracked before. Sure. Track all the time. Yeah. I got yeah. a Facebook account, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Tony uh definitely ahead of his time there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pre NSA, pre Cambridge Analytica. Right. Uh yeah, he knows what it's all about. And, which I find interesting. He has the wherewithal to know when to turn something off, to leave the room, to go you know, he's aware that he is being watched. I mean, we know that Tony I wouldn't say he's paranoid. He's just a more conscientious boss than anyone has been as far as how far the feds can go to get you but he's passed by you know feds that he knows are feds Mm -hmm. he's seen them at his house in front of his house yet it doesn't concern him that they're just like happen to be actively watching him more frequently yeah that that's where i'm like ah he slips up in just the smallest ways right you know (laughs) yeah and it, yeah. worry, I mean, it worries he, me. I worry for him. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, Tony's, he, he can't be perfect, you know? I want him to be perfect. Yeah, you just want Tony <laughs> to be perfect in every way, the perfect man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he does keep track of, like, the important things that he needs to keep track yeah. of. And I mean, maybe there's some things in his head, you know, observations he's making that we're not, you know, a party to where, mm-hmm. you know, when he sees feds, he can tell, oh, is this just, like, surveillance? Are they just kind of keeping an eye on me? Or is there a dimension to this that I need to, you know, be more concerned about? And maybe, maybe he's just concluded that, hey they're just watching me they're following me and that's just what they do whatever as long as i'm not doing anything it's not a problem yeah but now there's a commotion 
something occurs, right? So Carmela is at tennis with Adriana, again, with her lesbian teacher. Yeah. But the maid has not left the house yet. Yeah. And what do we hear from right. the distance as, yeah. you know, the third third person view from the feds yeah she's like oh my god oh my god <laughs> with a little subtitle that's good i'm not even gonna yeah don't you don't need to no you're gonna put it yeah, in that was, that was good enough that was perfect yeah yeah and no one has any idea but mm-hmm. carmela gets a phone call because she's busy picking up all the tennis balls while adriana is getting a nice yeah. over the shoulder lesson from right. her lesbian lover <laughs> yeah. and she gets a call so now the agents are on her to get back to the house mm-hmm. tony gets a call and they're on and skips on him headed back to the house as well right yeah the feds are panicked mm-hmm. because uh yeah what's gonna what what's this all about you know right. and it, it screws the whole operation yeah and this is uh again a good example of seeing it from the third person we're seeing mm-hmm. the soprano family from this third person view yeah and so yes the feds are the feds are forced to abort the mission and then uh you know we quickly find out why Mm -hmm. that water heater that the feds were laughing about well it blew a little early right so you know we get a delicious bit of uh irony and karma because you know the feds were looking forward to this terrible thing happening Mm -hmm. to tony and this horrible inconvenience for him and they were just you know yucking it up yeah but actually the thing blew months earlier than they estimated, and it screwed them over just as badly, if not worse, than it screws Tony over. Yeah, just so there these you go. chance occurrences yeah. that the Sopranos like dropping in there. Yeah. It's very nice. And and we as the audience get to see this and recognize this before the feds do. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you got you to gotta feel for Tony and Carmela. They've right. lost their prom photos. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah, I actually paused it when they had the shot of the prom photo, which was, uh, you know, brief. But, you know, yeah, it is yeah. kind of cute to see this, like, digitally created oh, photo yeah. of a young James Gandolfini and a young Edie Falco and Gandolfini, you know, thinner, mm-hmm. full head of hair. And I actually paused, too, at one point earlier in the very first scene when the feds are talking about what they're going to do next. They have a chalkboard behind them, and it has just the breakdown of the Sop- Sopranos crew. They, right. like, they still have... Corrado Jr. at the top as boss, but they had like Tony as underboss, uh, Capo with Polly Walnuts under him, and then all the names under that. And they had Jimmy Altieri's uh, group crew. They had uh, Richie's crew. So it was uh, it was interesting to read like all the names in there. Yeah, and we of course saw this mob family tree created in the season one episode Pax Soprana, mm-hmm. and so it's still up, and they're still utilizing it. Well, they had two. They actually yeah. had two. Like right. they had one written up, and then they had mm-hmm. the picture ones that the we, picture one. we were yeah. used to from that. Yeah. yeah, it was just you know they're doing the work, but again, like we mentioned, they're kind of behind. Yeah, what is actually going on with Tony? They should know more than they do. Yeah, they really should. Yeah, they should. And so as they're down in the basement, uh, knee high in water, uh, we get uh, introduction of the Mister Ruggiero. Of our title, who is the plumber. Yeah. <laughs> They're so random. Right. These titles of The Sopranos, I really love them because some of them are like mentioned. They're actually said in the episode. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, clever. Yeah, the title always has an angle. It's never obvious. It's uh, never generic. 
you know, there's always a specificity to how these episodes are titled. And uh, mm -hmm. that's great. You know, just on every level, they just try and be as great as they can yeah. in the construction of this series. And what to do, but Agent Harris has no option but to send somebody out to figure out what actually occurred. Because they're running out of time. The warrant could expire. Yeah. And they send somebody over to, two guys over to Gene Cusimano, the Cusimano's house. And Gene answers it. And I just love Gene. I, I mean, she's very cute. And, like, she's just there to be the representation of the polar opposite of the Sopranos, right? Because in this neighborhood, they're kind of different. Right. And she, you know, lets them into their backyard, which we get this crazy sequence here of third person's perspective on tony right you know different points of view here yeah because as they're looking into the window they're not sure if it's tony they say i don't see him but i see an arm a piece of a robe it could be tony he's eating sugar pops yeah which i just love i love tony's cereal habits yeah yeah his cereal choices i mean what was he eating last time honeycombs honeycombs yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because he was so. taking the honeycomb IQ. Right. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. I mean, I can't really criticize Tony's cereal choices. No. I mean, I think I had Fruit Loops the other day. So. There you go. Yeah. That's fine. But he's talking with Gigi. They're just, you know, business chatting. Mm -hmm. So one of those things, one of your guys coming over to let you know that things are going well with whatever, you know, they're working on. Right. And then a surprise to the feds, not a surprise to Tony, a surprise to the feds who are eavesdropping. They notice Patsy Parisi walking through the backyard with yeah. a fucking pistol pointed straight at tony yeah tony and Gigi just chatting and like little do they know this incredibly insane thing is happening just outside right you know in tony's literal backyard by his pool broad daylight patsy's got like a huge gun yeah <laughs> yeah pistol he points it directly at tony who is totally exposed but of mm -hmm. course you know patsy's not going to go through with it he kind of pulls the gun away sort of gestures to himself with it you mm -hmm. think for a second is he gonna hurt himself yeah uh and you know it's just this really odd strange thing that the feds are witnessing and they have no idea the context <laughs> whatsoever right right <laughs> Yeah, because then they witness him turn and piss in Tony's pool. Yeah. You got to think that these guys, at a, on some level, had to have reported this in, right? right. That Patsy Parisi <laughs> was there with a gun pointed at Tony's home? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I were a Fed, I would say... Oh, perhaps we can use this. Yeah, right. He seems to maybe be a little upset with yeah. his boss. Right. Uh, is a rat in the making. <laughs> right. No. Yeah, and he just walks off. Right. And then Tony goes in the basement with Gigi just mm -hmm. to reinforce how insecure Tony is about talking outside of yeah. the basement. Yeah. And then, uh, so we're back to the uh, Fed Chief Frank's office, mm -hmm. and uh, Agent Harris visits him, and uh, they have discovered that it was the water heater that blew. That's the setback. But the op is still a go. Yes. And, um, you know, Mr. Ruggiero... <laughs> is fixing the water heater because yeah, after all it is mr ruggiero's neighborhood that's right that's right and the next day well before we get to the next day th the detail that frank shares is that they've had tony's phones bugged for four years boy we've had every one of tony's phones bugged for four years but the guy says less than hopper marks but then we do get to the next day 
Agent Harris should know wearing that goofy hat is mm-hmm. going to tip off anybody that you're a fed. And, you know, Tony sees him clear as day, gives him the bird. Yeah. They walk as they drive by. Very funny. So we're back to Liliana having her, you know, daily picnic right. with her husband, uh, who is, you know, a very upset recent immigrant. You know, uh, he was a big deal back home. Yeah, engineer. That's right. Had a team, had a grant from the state. Here he's a cab driver. Yeah. Uh, and she's yeah. fed up with all this whining she's heard it and enough. bitching. It's the same bitching every single day. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to go back to work. Well, of course, this completely would ruin the entire operation. And, you know, it has to go forward today. Yeah. You know, the feds have to succeed today in planning this buck. So then we get the agent that is tracking Liliana. She, um, he springs into action to intercept right. her uh, with, you know, I was impressed the BS that he came up with. Sure. Oh, are you Polish? Is there a English language school nearby? You know, right. let's talk about that. And, you know, she feels like it's perhaps a little fishy, but she indulges this guy and, mm-hmm. you know, mission accomplished he keeps her from leaving you know and he allows his feds back at the house to do what they need to do right and then we cut to nipples heading over to adriana yes sorry that's my new name for the instructor nipples well i mean there's a lot of nip to go around there is you know. there is yeah yeah uh so <laughs> it, yeah this is just another just drop of weird uh comedy that we get the agents peeking at them as they're bending over, Adriana's wearing leopard print underwear. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, all while that is going on, though, the agents are in the basement now, you know, moving the table around, getting it under the right spot, switching out the lamp. You yeah. know, they're, you know, we got this serious moment and we got this absolutely ridiculous moment with nipples. Right. And these, um, these guys are like pretty much the little luckiest feds in the world. <laughs> I they mean, wake up every day and they're like, "Yeah, God, I love being a federal agent." And they encounter pretty much no obstacles in their observation of, uh, you know, yeah, Carmela and Aid. Uh, all they, you know, really need to do is sit there and just look at Aid bend over. I guess. I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. And from tennis, we go to Meadow. And again, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but Caitlin's losing it. She had such high hopes for New York, but she's had a change of heart since she had one of those common occurrences on the subway. Yeah. You know, and she's just kind of losing it. She even mentions, or Meadow mentions, she's having a hard time swallowing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And in this scene, of course, we get our reintroduction to Hunter. Hunter, yeah. Um, you know, a friend of Meadows that Scangarella. was introduced in the pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, Hunter is Scandrella. Scandrella? Well, I just know that uh, Carmella calls her Scancarella. That's right. Yeah. So that's all we need to remember for that character. Um, David Chase's daughter. David Chase's (laughs) daughter. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you know, we see Caitlin's got some issues here. You know, more of that perhaps roommate from hell problem (laughs) that you know some freshmen find themselves in Mm -hmm. and uh yeah caitlin she's either way up or she's way down i mean at any rate she's drinking too much and she seems to be coping badly with the new york experience yeah and then we go over to tony right back at satrials alone with patsy Mm -hmm. and this is i think my favorite scene of this episode mine too because i love the comedy but this is where we get into some serious stuff and just how direct tony is he has no fear of confrontation and he just comes out with it he wants to know 
You got a problem? What, though? I said, you got a problem. With what, Tom? I don't know. I heard maybe you got a fucking problem. Like, you don't like being here. I like being here. You sure? Yeah. Y you're sure? Yeah. Don't, don't say you're, you're sure if you're not sure. Even if he doesn't know that Patsy was going to kill him, th this is still, like, this is an intense moment. Yeah. It is. I mean, Tony's not coming out as direct as he could, I kind of call it like a soft interrogation in a way. Because if Tony sure. was going to be more direct, he'd be like, oh, do you think that I killed your brother? Oh, I didn't. well, yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's kind of just filling Patsy out. And then, you know, so you sort of get Tony pressing Patsy to make this sort of formal declaration that he has put the grief behind him and that right. he is not, you know, the implication being that he is not seeking to pursue vengeance for his brother. Right. Yeah. Just these long pauses, the mistrust, the, the kind of calculation on Patsy's part mm -hmm. of how he's, he has to be careful how he answers certain things here. And yeah, then the, the last, the button on the scene with Tony, you know, making a comment about how he's got a young son, he should mm -hmm. come over, AJ and him could play in the pool just get this last shot mm -hmm. on patsy's face yeah so i just think that's kind of funny because he just peed in the pool oh well yeah i mean it's it's even more like on the nose than that comedically tony's exact words are they can go in the pool yeah, yeah. they can go in the pool right <laughs> yeah and then the last family member got to check up on aj make sure he's not somehow sneaking home right but he is at football yeah he's joining the football team yeah yeah he's trying out mm. so you know he gets to wear a jersey perhaps now yeah right he gets his own right. jersey yeah but we planted the lamp that's right and we fade to black after a touchdown has been made right. which is a nice bit of language there right you know, yeah. that agent harris says touchdown after we mm -hmm. just saw aj push around a yeah you know uh a whatever the fuck football players push around. <laughs> I don't, I don't Gavin know. and Hannibal, athletes. <laughs> oh, the fuck that fucking thing is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So next scene, feds are already there. They're already yeah. listening. They're in a van nearby and they get to drop in every two minutes, which I think is just like, mm -hmm. that's a bit intense. Right. Drop in every two minutes for 40 seconds until they hear something good. Mm -hmm. Dang. And they don't get anything good, although we do get more of the they can go in the pool type lines. Yes. Because when they are listening in on Tony, he's like, hey, I've got a job for you. Things right. get messy. It's a little wet work. Wet work is actually a euphemism for murder mm. in mob culture, or was, you know, back in the day. <laughs> I've heard that. Uh, you know, he's saying, I'm going to make it worth your while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, in a sense, you'd be like, oh, he's ordering a hit. Of course to he's a man not. With an, yeah, to a man with an accent as right. well on top yes. of it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, of course, he's not ordering a hit. Right. He's just asking Stas, his uh, maid's husband, right. to kind of engineer like a uh, water heater fail safe device so you know yeah. a flood won't happen again yeah 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 stashu is very funny yeah in here when tony is telling carmel you know stashu says he can smell mildew down here right stash 
just kind of peeks his head around the yeah. corner and doesn't say anything. He's so depressed. Oh, it's, it's, He's just so yeah. sad. I mean, and it's great as Tony and Carmela are sort of making their kind of banal, uh, you know, back and forth chit chat, you know, just husband and wife, typical mm-hmm. conversation like, oh, you know, no, you can exercise here. I'll, I'll get on the bike. And she's like, no, Tony, you take that piece. You know, you get on the treadmill or whatever. Right. You know, they're just going back and forth. And this stuff is meaningless yeah um just husband and wife typical talking they've been married for 20 years uh and then stas of course you know he just interjects no one asked for him to speak or address <laughs> him in any way but he's like oh you know back in my home country right. you know i was engineer uh this poor guy yeah they, they ignore him they yeah. keep going and then we turn our attention to the lamp right just slowly pan in on the lamp mm-hmm. as Tony's complaining about something he's got stuck in his teeth. He's had in his teeth for right. two days. Carmelo's like, you got to use that other floss. And we're just yeah. kind of well, getting. <laughs> Before that too. I mean, it was funny when he was talking about coffee going right through him and she's like, you need more roughage in your diet. <laughs> yeah. That's what you need. Yeah. You know, it's just that husband and wife chit chat. Yes. But I think it is, this is a great setup for mm-hmm the rest of the season and beyond. Yeah. Just the, now the feds have really supplanted directly in Tony's life. Right. And his, uh, basement, his place of safety to discuss business is no longer safe. Compromised. What could this mean for the rest of the season? I don't know. I can't believe we're on season three already. I know. I can't either. Episode one, season three concluded of the Soprano show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Join us next week. Until then, if you're enjoying the podcast, like always, there are many ways to support the show. You could subscribe on Apple Podcasts and like us there. Leave a review, comment if you could. That'd be great. And follow us on Twitter at The Soprano Show. So, uh, favorite lines of this show or yeah. this episode? Can you go first? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I have one. I really liked when... Stashu and Liliana were having their second picnic and he was pissing her off, but he started with complaining about his language teacher and he says, Stop men at work. And how do we know it doesn't mean stop all men who are working? (laughs) It's kind of like the slow uh, children at play. Right. Not slow children at play. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, exactly, exactly. That is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I love that moment. I love that character. He's, um, you know, kind of a clown, but you feel for him. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. Really you feel do. for the clown always. Yeah. Uh, speaking of clowns, uh, uh-huh. this pervy Fed uh-huh. is the author of my favorite line for this episode. Real quick, where you know he's just checking out aid at tennis, and he goes, Adriana Laserva. How green was my fucking valley. <laughs> As he watches her it's bend really over. Good. It's really good. Oh, man. What a creep. Yeah, guys are jerks.